thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And our masters, listeners, do we have a fabulous guest on the show today for you. (laughs) I'm really, really excited because we've got a really, really dear friend of mine joining us on the show today. And we've been friends for, gosh, it'd have to be close to 10 years, no doubt. Janet McEva. Now, let me just paint the scene. Imagine an absolute angel that when you're in her presence, she just seems to float. Beautiful, curly, blonde hair, soft, gentle voice, kindest heart in the world. But man, this woman's all about sex and rock and roll. So I'm so excited (laughs) to welcome you to the show, Janet. I can't wait to talk about your new book. I can't wait to talk about everything that you've been doing and welcome you absolute angel of a human being. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate that (laughs) intro. After that introduction, I'm looking forward to this too. (laughs) I'm feeling a little bit like I have to deliver. (laughs) So, Janet, before we get into the hot, hot topic that Karen's alluding to, (laughs) is there any chance you could give us a little bit of background for those that haven't heard of you and how you came to doing the work that you're doing these days? Sure, yes. Well, I never expected to be doing the work that I'm doing. Um, I was really brought up Catholic, really. I was brought up Catholic and um, sex was something that was, you know, quite taboo and um, not something that I was necessarily, that I thought, thought that I would end up talking about it. But it's just really through my own personal experience and my own kind of pain and challenges um, and working in psychotherapy for more than 20 years, working with women uh, and now working with couples in the last 10 years, um, where really I went through a long relationship and an early menopause, which meant that uh, things happened in my body before I expected them to happen. And one of those things was I felt that I'd closed down sexually. And it was the most devastating thing that ever happened. And so I just went on this search and I call it my pathological search for what was wrong with me. Um, and it was really when I came in touch with the teachings of an amazing woman called Diana Richardson, who's the author of probably eight books now. Um, and I started to read her work uh, that inspired something inside of me and just made me think, oh, my God, there's another way. And it's a much more feminine approach. Uh, to love making and sex and um, so it was really from my own pain and searching that this started to happen and then um, you know through that unfortunately relationship ended and then I started a new relationship and we ended up going over to the making love retreat in, in um, Switzerland and this would have been 10 years ago about when I, I met you Karen uh, and that's what got me so inspired actually listening to you uh, and going over there and just thinking, oh, my God, the world needs to hear about this. This is kind of the beginning of world peace, you know, if we can create peace between a couple when it comes to sexuality because it can, can be, be the beginning 
and the end um, of many relationships and cause a lot of pain. So, so yes, that's how it all happens. So I just um, love to work with women to help them feel more confident uh, in their own bodies and trust their own bodies that there's nothing wrong with them, that if this is happening to them, um, there's just other ways. And, um, and also for couples to just help men also feel empowered um, because it can feel so uh, disempowering for, for men and feeling like because there's this performance pressure, I think, for both men and women. Um, so, yeah, I just really, I, I feel so honoured to do what I do because it's such intimate work. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I, I feel very lucky. Janet, mm. I, have a, I have a question for you and I guess I'm kind of diving straight in here. There's a, you know, there's a lot of conversation at the moment. I have an inner circle of um, clients that I work with over a 12-month period and we tend to grow really deep into all of the things that sort of hold us back and um, albeit it's, you know, usually how it plays out in our businesses, you know, our businesses and ourselves are one and the same. Mm. There's one particular conversation that's been circulating a lot and it's been about female sexuality of the divine feminine um, about how either through religious beliefs or um, upbringings or personal traumas or even belief systems, a lot of women have a lot of shame when it comes to um, their own sexuality, their ability to be uninhibited or to even be um, self-expressed. I'm really interested to know about your journey in that context in how you do the work that you do but but how did you get to be so um self-expressed when it comes to this when it seems to be an area that so women are so so many women are so damaged yeah absolutely I think it's really the core of a lot of the damage and and I guess that's why I feel it's such important work and um Oh, look, I think when you work in these fields and the same for you ladies, you, you use your, yourself as a guinea pig and um, you are continually, I am continually working on, my, on myself and my inner, doing my inner work to help myself dislodge some of this stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I guess for me, I was just thinking about this today, you know, I've had children come into my home and I have beautiful pictures of naked women, but they're like paintings that they're not, to me, they're not um, garish or horrible or anything like that. And so, some of them are like, this is funny. But I grew up um, in high school with art and very used to the beauty of the female body through art. And so there was a great appreciation of that from, for me already. Um, but it didn't mean that I didn't feel shame about my own body and, and go through my own personal experiences. And I think this is the thing is that it is key for women to really address these issues for them to be able to be, feel fully embodied, fully alive and empowered. But one of the things that I see is that women can start seeking those things as an outward goal rather than going inward because that's that's the only key that that's the only only answer is to 
start to be willing to come into into the body and not escape this pain, not escape the suffering and allow it to be felt and expressed through whatever means is safe, um, either with a therapist or, you know, with your girlfriends because in, in a circle you can get to express those things. But one of the things I love about the Making Love Approach and, and this work is that in my experience, uh, we can heal to a degree of the, from these things, but it's, it's in the presence of relationship. It's in that experience of being with another that we can really go deep because the healing happens on that deeper cellular level. The tears might come because with, with what I teach, it's really about slow lovemaking. And when you slow down anything, really, you start to feel more. So when you slow down making love, sometimes those strong feelings can can emerge, and it's about not moving. Just but it just I don't mean not moving in love making, but just being still and just letting the feelings come, letting them be there, letting the tears be there, or the anger or the rage, and staying there because this to me was the healing for me, and it took a couple of years really of. Um, you know, making love in, in a much more present and slow way to allow to allow that healing to happen. And I don't, I don't you know, I don't think healing is ever over, but I just think that um, if we can keep opening into our vulnerability with that in a safe space, and of course you, that's the key, is to you've got to feel safe with the partner that you're with and, um, you know, for them to be able to hold that space and us to hold that space for them too because... Men have been through their own journey as well of shame and suffering and, you know, in the whole area of sexuality as well. So, yeah. Why do, you, why do you think that that is such a big issue in relationships, the fact that we have been so traumatised? Why? I mean, I mean, we paint our nails, we brush our teeth. Why is sex something that has been so... Um, you know, there's there's so much around it. Like there's yeah. there's there's so much belief system around it. There's so much trauma around it. Why is it that it's something that's considered different to brushing our teeth? Yeah, it's the primal force. I mean, really, sex is the primal force of life. It's what begets life. It's it's what creates life, and um, it's something fundamental to living and life. And it's. It, it unfortunately it's been misunderstood and distorted and um, you know used for, for for means of gain and means of uh, power in, in being in power, or powering over somebody. So instead of just the means of connection and love, and so to me that's. Um, I guess that's what comes to mind when, when you ask that question. And, um, and so, so much misunderstanding because there's a lack of education. There's a lack of education around, I mean, just you, you think about it. How much did you ladies get sex education and was it helpful? And we asked that at the beginning of every retreat and pretty much everyone says, uh, you know, about one or two out of, you know, um, 20 people will say yes, uh, and then none of it was helpful. 
And I think it's the lack of understanding of the male body, the lack of understanding of the female body. And because there's um, such a strong drive, a natural drive in the male body, um, women can easily get overpowered. So, you know, it's, it's a very complex issue, but uh, that's why, you know, this, this, this teaching is called a step in human evolution because it's bringing male and female back into equal yet opposite forces or equal yet opposite people, beings, genders, um, rather than this, this power over. And, uh, and you see it going, tipping the other way where women, um, you know, in the reaction of being overpowered will then become overpowering. Uh, and, and be more male in their expression and, and more, more dominating even over men. So, yeah, I just think it's a time for us to come back, you know, to, to, to balance and it really starts at this primal force. And um, if, if men and women in their own bodies can feel more at peace, then the outward violence, I guess, and violation, um, it, it will happen less. <laughs> It's, uh, I know it's a big ideal, but I, I just always, always believe that if we start with us, um, that's the first, first point of connection. So, yeah, it's a very vulnerable area and um, very tender area for women. And, you know, ultimately men as well. It's just that they've usually got their, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're not as... Uh, what would you say, not as exposed as women or they're not as outwardly expressive as women are because our emotions are so much more available. We're all quiet. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. It, it, um, you are so peaceful to listen to, Janet, um, and so articulate. And as I'm listening to you, I'm kind of nodding my head and thinking about, you know, what I was taught um, and how it was perceived to me being brought up as Catholic. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's why I'm nodding your head is, nodding my head is because um, it was seen as dirty. You don't do it until you get married. Um, I don't know. It was perceived not in a good light. And then my sister um you know, got pregnant as a young teenager, the baby got given up for adoption. You know, all of that just rings a bell in to see she got into trouble doing that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. How do you address that issue for so many that may be listening that have a religious belief and for 20 years of their life or maybe 18 years of their life, that's what they're taught through the school system through the Catholic church or whatever church that is. How, yeah. how do you break that um, understanding? Yeah, it's, it's a big one because, like I said, I was Catholic as well. Um, look, I mean, you know, all of you have done the journey work. I, I can't help but, but speak about that because, to me, that's one of the, the, the deepest ways to work with this stuff around our beliefs and our, our core kind of, issues uh that journey work by brandon bays so mm. I, I use that a lot and i've used that um you know for 20 years for myself um i think it's a constant a constant thing and you know 
the thing is that this becomes part of the fabric of who we are and it, it's just as it comes as it arises it's it just needs to be met and and allowed to be felt and expressed and um yeah it's um and and the most intimate way to do it and the most challenging the most oh my god almost excruciating is with with another person you know with um with your partner um it's it, it but it is a beautiful beautiful way to start to break down that stuff now i'm aware that your listeners might not be with with partners um so i i think it's just still something that that you can keep working on and do your inner work inner work with but also returning to the body you know like we you know as catholics view that have viewed the body as something shameful um start to feel our feminine body from the inside to start to contact it. if we keep looking at it from the outside and you know viewing it from how the church sees it and how you know our culture has seen it or families and start to feel feel it from within and start to open to feeling joy within the body and open to feeling pleasure and um and I mean pleasant feelings. I'm not saying necessarily sexual pleasure, but I'm just saying just to start to come in and down and come home and be here and live in this body rather than being a disembodied woman. That's the start to me of, of the journey and, um, you know, a beautiful, beautiful way. I mean, you know, if you wanted to, just, just for listeners too, the other thing is you could imagine, you know, the church there in front of you and write down all the beliefs that that sort of came from that and kind of cut the ties from from the church and do do your own energy you know energetic work in that way and um i think some of that stuff is really powerful and then just really just start to ask inside what's the truth is this really true that my body is something shameful is it really true that my body is this is it really true that my body is that and um yeah, just really start to meet her from within. And, um, yeah, when, when I've met that part of me, and usually it's contacting, you know, a very small, younger part where I've started to open into the fact that I am innocent, that I am beautiful, that my body is pure, it's, it unleashes something inside that is free it just creates more freedom so um, Jenna, i just want to ask you on that note i mean as a woman goes through menopause and you know she her body changes and all those hormones aren't going rampant to make babies and mm-hmm. not necessarily looking for the for the right partner or even if they've got one to to be impregnated they've got through all of that but it's often seen as a pathological issue. It's often seen as something that, I dare I say, it, something is wrong with the woman's body um, once she's gone past childbearing age. You talk in your book about wanting to remove it from that and have a shift in attention. And I noticed that you talk a lot in the book about um, seeing like what you just said then seeing what's beautiful and right about our bodies Mm. you've given a brief insight there on a technique is there another technique or is there something simple 
I mean, going from a real pathological, you've got menopause, <laughs> dry vaginas, no urges, and all of these things that doctors mm. seem to tell women that make you feel like it's wrong. Yeah. What would be the way to turn that? And how would you suggest that our listeners and particularly our women go from looking at, at the body as being wrong into something that's quite profoundly beautiful yeah. and, and even um, exquisite, for want of a better word? Mm, exactly. And I think um, that there's a couple of ways. And, and one is, yes, we can look at the outside of, of our bodies and start to get so disheartened because of how it's all changing. Um, but... And, and then self-care, as, as you know, Kim, you know, come, comes in, into play there. But what I think is the doorway for, for women going through menopause is it begs us to start to look at more sensitivity. Let's start, start to honour and, and um, value the more subtle experiences of being a woman and being in our bodies and when it's it's hard to sort of explain that because it's not until you really have fully felt that and felt that inside that you start to go, oh my god, I'm so you know so 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 glad my hormones aren't racing around trying to find a mate. Um, so it's kind of like in, it, it it inverts. It's like inverting our attention back inwards to feel the subtlety of what's inside the body within our feminine body and honour how, how our natural uh, sexuality emerges from the body through, I don't know if you've gotten up to the partner book around the polarity, that, you know, coming into the breasts and the nipples for the women, that this is, this is the important part of our body to really honour and to not to start get despondent about what's happening in the vagina because the opening actually is raised from that upper part of our body so yeah start to honor honor that honor our more the more subtle aspects of the female body and and yeah it's it, i think it's a journey i really do i think it's 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 not something where you go from here to here overnight in my experience it's been a journey of self-acceptance self-care self-love and really starting to kind of um, be fascinated by the internal workings of my body and putting, giving myself the space to experience it from the inside while making love um, or even just coming into the body and feeling the pleasure of just sitting. Does that make sense? It, it might sound a bit kind of airy-fairy, but... Um, I always love the groundedness of of having women come into their womb space. I think and, though it really does in, involve the need for a conversation with your partner. If you're not on the same page with your partner in a conversation like this, it would be very difficult to be, I would imagine it would be very difficult to to be grounded when maybe they're just thinking wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of thing. And I'm just trying to picture uh -huh. us yeah. trying to become grounded with, with oh, someone that okay. wasn't I'm just, in that. Uh, Yeah, right. Okay. I'm think, um, so in relationship to your partner, yeah, that, that's a challenge. Yeah. Um, definitely. Because unfortunately, 
um, there's so much conditioning, right? We, we have our conditioning. Male conditioning around sexuality is very powerful. And because, um, you know, it's been quite, you know, they're the ones who've been the leaders. They've led usually sexual exchange. And now women coming into menopause are usually like, I don't want to do it that way anymore. And so that's when, or perimenopause, you know, it can happen in the 40s, um, certainly 40s and 50s. So that's where the conflict can start to arise. And absolutely, it's, um, that, that's why the books are great. That's why coming to a retreat is great. Um, opening up the conversation. I think, you know, if women can not speak from an emotional reactive place, when she finds her inner, inner voice and she, she, she comes in through embodiment practices to feel like she can just speak from her own truth with love and just start to say, hey, I'd love to just try a different way because my body's changing. It's becoming much more sensitive. It, it actually, it might hurt if it, if it does, you know, it hurts. I know that you don't want to hurt me. I wonder if we can try another way and set up a space where um, he's not feeling threatened because that's the number one thing is that often he, men can go into reaction that they're doing something wrong, that they are wrong, that they don't know. Um, make it kind of like a, a journey that you're doing together. And if you can just ask for it just to slow things down, can we just you know, take it a little slower, a little bit easier. And I think it's great if, if you can start to lead a little bit more, if the female can lead a little bit more through that slowness and touch and teach him through her slowness that he might respond to because men love it. They love it. They really, really do respond. Um, but there is a, there's a transition time. <laughs> Because the conditioning is so strong and that's why it needs a lot of delicacy, a lot of compassion um, on both sides, really. And, um, yeah, and I think the book that Jean has written, Six Initiatives for Men, Jean Thompson, he's my co-presenter and uh, it is brilliant for men and that's available on my website. And, yeah, it's, um, it's a, just a little book. He wrote it for men because he knows men often don't read a lot. So it's just, it's a very compassionate book written for men, but is also beautiful for women to read as well. You talk a lot about um, the transition period of, of, you know, having those conversations and coming into our body and, mm. and having those conversations with our men. Tell us about how we would do that when, relationship dynamics are sometimes set up and they've been set up for 25 years and then all of a sudden she wants to change. And mm. that transition period, um, I can imagine is going to take great care and great attention. What do you, ex what, what would you suggest our listeners do if they're thinking about this? What would you suggest that they do in, in, in the context of how they have, um, that conversation or, 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 I mean, do they have the conversation in the heat of the moment? Do they have a conversation over breakfast? Like what's, mm. what's the best way to 
table yeah. this shift. Yeah, thanks, Karen. We're definitely not in the heat of the moment because <laughs> that's escalate, <laughs> right? We know that. Too late. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's the thing is when we get triggered around that stuff, it's just best to to walk away, find your ground again, and come back. But um, definitely at a time when there's actually, you know, you know what I what what I have done and what what I believe really works is have the intention that this is what you want to do. You want to speak about this. Have that intention sitting in your heart and then just just, just say to yourself, I'll, I'll wait until the right time comes and usually it comes within a week, you know, fairly soon, where there's some kind of a, a lovely exchange or there's something there's a nice feeling that that's, that's there might happen in the next day, but um, there's, there's an opening, let's say where you, you just might just go, you know what? Uh, I, there's something I really want to speak to you about. And like I said before, it's really close to my heart and I, I value you and I love you. Like really just make sure that you're, you're um, acknowledging them because they will go into that threatened part of their brain, the fight and flight, uh, especially men when they're feeling. I'd say please avoid going, I really need to talk to you because they, their brains go into fight and flight. <laughs> so it's like create that safety and, um, and, and share from there and just start to open up the conversation and, and I think get yourselves educated, like for, for the women to read this book, Changing Sex and Menopause to read any of Diana's um, books and uh, just so long when we become more educated we feel stronger and I think that's what it was like for me I felt like oh there's a woman who's speaking about this I feel more empowered now to be able to stand my ground and and want this for myself as well and of course the ultimate best is to come to the Making Love Retreat, um, which we run up here on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, because that, that really is the beginning of shaking the tree of the conditioning, shaking that tree in a very gentle and loving and beautiful way because we, we go through the teaching every day. It's beautifully um, kind of arranged so that, this is on the first day. This is on the next day, and and we ha it's very very simple. Um, you know, she talks. We talk about love keys, which is just how to touch, how you know, eye contact. Um, very very basic stuff, but stuff that you know, instead of just going for the giant vagina and penis, we're we're kind of going in different directions. So, yeah, I hope that that has answered your question. Yeah, you know, I, I think back to when I first met you and I remember, um, so Janet and I were working together on putting her presentations together and speaking and all that way back when. And I remember um, your message was unique. You know, we had a room full of people talking about their businesses and different bits and pieces. And then here you come along talking about vaginas. Yeah. And, I <laughs> <laughs> and I remember as I walked around the room, <laughs> listening to everybody and their presentations, I was stopped in my tracks and I went, what did she just say? <laughs> did she just say that? And I, I was mesmerized. I was captivated. I couldn't quite walk away without like listening to what you had to say. And I remember 
thinking to myself, if there was anybody on the planet that could communicate this message, it's got to be you because of your softness and your gentleness. And your, um, your way is not offensive at all. And in a subject that is so delicate, mm. especially, um, you know, when it comes to people, who, like we've said already, that have wounds and traumas and beliefs. Yeah. And, you know, I think to create a paradigm shift, shift is no small task. I think you've, you know, you yourself and Jean have taken on a really big um, responsibility here when it comes to creating change. Mm you know, with people. A couple of questions actually are coming to mind. The first one is you talk about um, coming back into the body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you describe how we do that? And yes. then the second question I want to ask you is why did you write the book after all these years? What prompted you? But we'll go there later. Yeah. What do you mean by coming back into the body? Because I think that that, that is something that a lot of women and men are disconnected from. They're like, well, yeah, I know I'm in my body. I'm making dinner. Like, oh, it's me. It's making it. So what are you trying to say? Yeah. Give well, us the specifics of that. question. <laughs> so true. I mean, here we are. We're walking around in a body all the day. Of course I'm in my body. You know, like, this is ridiculous. But no, we're actually more in our minds, pretty much. We're in our minds, you know, 24-7 usually. And it's not until our bodies start to hurt or something like that happens that we go, oh, I've got a body. I've got, you know, I've got a sore this, a sore that. So what, what we do at the retreats and, and, and it's every day, it's all about, well, first of all, I mean, I'll give you an example now. You can close your eyes, imagine that you're in your mind thinking about something and feel what that feels about, you know, feels like in your body. You're just up in your head, aren't you? You're kind of up in that space. You're thinking about something that you're worried about. There's probably tension around the head. What I'm speaking about is coming down. So coming down, like the escalator is coming down. And he, I mean, I can just feel my body starting to relax. There's coming down into the torso, into the center part of your body. And we always say, you know, find a place that feels like home inside the body and it might be a place that feels good again we're usually you know we want to detect what feels bad but let's find a place that actually feels nice does it feel good in the heart does it feel good in the solar plexus in the pelvis area and some people can't find somewhere that feels good so i usually just direct men to their dantian which is just a couple of fingers below the navel back inside the body and for women to come into, say, their womb space. So again, it's back inside, imagining the pelvic bowl and around the top of your hips. And it's like the pelvic, the bottom of the bowl is around the vagina and the, the pelvic floor. And in the centre of that can be like the womb space. And so to come, in, so to come back in that way. Now, while making love, you, it's, and it's doing anything while you're exercising, you're running, you're, 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 you're meditating, whatever. This is a beautiful way, and you've probably done this yourselves, to move from mind to body. It's always how, you know, it's, it's finding this pathway to come back in. And for women, the breasts is a beautiful way to come back in the body as well. So while I'm 
typing or I'm working away and I, I'm, I'm in stuff, every now and then I'm like, ah, come back into the breath, come back into the body. And um, it's the, so this is coming home, coming, coming back in. Does that make sense? It's very simple and that's what I love about this approach. It is, it's mind-bogglingly simple, um, but it is a practice of mindfulness, really. Mm. Mm. Yeah? Embodied mindfulness. And, you know, I find when I work with women in, in my women's work and, um, and I see it in the couples as well when I do this exercise of them moving from mind to body and get them to speak from that place. They speak from their mind and they're just telling stories. They speak from their body and, oh, my God, the tears start to fall. They start to connect on a deeper level. It's, they're just speaking truth. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to watch. Do you think as women get older, um, I don't know how to say this, but do you think as, as they get older that they're not um, meant to like, so sex is there, no, I'm not making love, I'm talking about sex. So mm-hmm. if I, was, I always go back to a historical perspective, anthropological yeah. thing. So as we get older, like, you know, towards 60 and 70, we've gone through menopause, um, some of us may have lost our partners. Others may have partners for 50 years. Or do you think that that, that part of their life is not important because if we look back at, you know, when you're young and you want babies and you're having fun and as you get older, you, you're, everything starts to change. It's not just your body um but it's your way of thinking and what's important in your life and and i might be just making excuses here so i'm putting it out there but you know like for older women what where do you think this is going do you mean that sex becomes less important as you get older yes okay absolutely well you know women are not driven from from our vaginas we're driven from our hearts we're driven from the upper part of our body that that's the dynamic part of our body so as we come into this period of 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 our lives we're more inclined to turn to service to you know how can we give back to 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 the world how can we share you know the fruits of what we've learned in that time and um i think that's women coming into that wise woman phase um I think it's a really good question because it's because we don't have that drive. It's like, well, why bother? But in my experience, because I could easily go there because I don't have, you know, I, I don't have high um, libido. Um, it's, it's not sitting there. Sometimes it, it rises and that feels really great. Um, but I've learned to really value my body without that. And I've also learned that if I can step over that belief or that resistance and allow myself to open into being intimate, oh, my God, (laughs) I cannot believe what gifts that brings and um, the state of love that is there, the state of silence that I feel within, within that permeates my whole world. that state of compassion that is there and the state of 
pleasure, but it's not the same as this heightened, hyped-up pleasure. It's, it's this vast, sensitive field that, that we open into. And I, it, honestly, it's so hard to put words to it, but I just think it's so worth us doing that because it allows us to soften. It allows us to, to, um, to continue to just... I mean, I've known women in their 70s going, I've never ever experienced lovemaking the way that I'm experiencing this now. I never never thought I could ever feel this amazing. And you so... The, you know the really good thing about it, Janet? You know mm-hmm. you can't get pregnant. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're free. Like You've done your job in society. You have had your children. There is no way you can get pregnant and you can do it as many times as you want, any time yeah. of the day. <laughs> exactly exactly it's amazing like so many women have like got this new lease of like sexual expression you know coming into into this period it's amazing and and i guess that's how it was for me or how it is for me just that feeling of um just it's a whole different expression and 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 with it came a new confidence Mm. in in myself and in my body that i never had and um you know i always felt like i was floundering so much as a young woman and and felt so untrusting of, of my body. And that's why I'm so passionate about women having this information and, and learning to, to trust the truth um, because we know it inside. And yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I know your partner and he's just delicious and so on the same wavelength. And I know that you've covered this, but I'm not feeling like I've kind of got enough information from you. <laughs> Can well, you it's, it's a retreat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, uh, you talk about the beautiful compassion and the softening mm. and, mm. and how spectacular that is and how beautiful that is. Mm-hmm. But then it comes down to, is that because you have got such a um, progressive and such a well evolved man that holds that space for you and participates in that with you whereas a lot of men are not there um you know they're kind of you know waiting at the bathroom door for a warm body to come out of the shower Mm. um you know at the most inopportune times yeah is that what What was that, Cindy? Is that what happens to you? That was the best. (laughs) Well, let's be honest. I I think we're all talking about friends that we know. Oh, no, not us. Okay. Definitely not us. No, there's no one lying on my bed naked. No. (laughs) I think think it does help to have, have someone who is more, you know, kind of inclined that way. And I think... I think it really, I guess, yeah, it, it really has to be taken on an individual basis, I think. But I think really when men get to the point where they just go, this is not working this way, um, they, they do start to look in another direction. But, yeah, so how to handle that, that's, um, I think, I think it's, it's, it's again, us, let, let me just track this back for myself, um, to we, we can escalate into our emotions in reaction if we if we if you imagined that that was happening and it happened in an instant come back inside take a breath come back in your own body come in and just it, it's let me just think 
I think it's just something you just have to deal with in the moment. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one. <laughs> I think, Karen, just... Because I just, it, I think it's, it's I think just really speaking. Just like I, I see, I see how you're, how you're wanting to, to have connection, and and I think the thing is for men is, they feel they need to have that sexual connection to feel love, whereas women want to feel love first before they have that sexual connection, and for men to start, we haven't even gone into polarities, but, but when men start to make love in a slower way, the energy can start to move up to their hearts. Um, so this is what they're seeking. But I'd say, I'm just coming back to this now, just, yeah, just saying, look, I, I'm, I'm seeing what you're wanting and I really love that you are wanting that connection. I need time to come in. Oh, it's, it's not here for me now. Can we do it? Or can, can we get together at a certain time? Or can we do it later? I think this is the, the important thing is to actually arrange a time because guys can get really hyped about the idea. And uh, if you're not in that space and you're not ready and you're not desiring that, create a time where the two of you can come together and you are preparing yourself by coming into the body, coming into your breasts, um, preparing the space, just you know, getting yourself into that mode and coming together that way. And and the thing is, you can, I mean, it's good to just read books, um, but just, just try, tell him that you, you want to connect if you do or if they do. We're not talking about you, any of you, but are we? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for... for for the woman just to say, I, w- I want to connect, it's not here for me right now, can we do it at this time? And and just kind of make an arrangement and stick to it because we have to. And it's important for us to jump over that hurdle of resistance because it's it's just going to create more and more problems with, within the relationship. And, um, yeah, it's for us to just really slow things down, just keep teaching him to, to slow things down. You see, men get really scared that they're going to lose their erection if they slow things down. And the thing is that it goes down, but then it will come back again, but in a, in a much less kind of hard <laughs> way, I guess, a much less sort of pushy hard way. So, you know, it's like also invite him to come into his body this is why it's, I don't know, is that enough, Karen? I don't know. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Um, it's, it's really, I think that this is why being in the experiential space is important and, um, you know. Well, tell us about the book. Tell us about what inspired you to write the book. Is it your, is, so is the, tell, tell our audience about the book in terms of, is it your own personal journey? Is it what yeah, um, a lot of you it learned? Was, Definitely, absolutely, um, my own personal journey. And that it was, well, the, the way that it was inspired was um, I was always going to write the book Why Women Close Down, which is on my website. It's just a quick little e-book. But I, um, with the menopause thing, I, I actually got this big download, actually, after making love. <laughs> and um, I was oh, my God, I've got all these chapters for a menopause book. And Diana was actually asked by her German publisher for a menopause book. 
and um, she had no problem with menopause, like none at all, because she started making love this. Well, I don't know exactly why women are different, but she started making love in this way in her 30s, and I came to it after menopause. And so I went through a lot of issues and problems and she was really struggling to write the book. She said, I've got no issue with menopause. What, you know, and can you write, can, can we write it together? So that's how it all started. And um, so, yeah, it was really born from this feeling like when I was going through, which was in my late 30s, no one could tell me anything. You know, doctors were like, oh, you're impairing menopause. Well, what does that mean? And um, you know what what is that going to be for my body and there's no support out there this is starting to now everyone's talking about it but there wasn't anything then and to, so I just felt like my god I want you know a handbook for women who are speaking on this delicate subject plus menopause I mean they're two of the most um, subjects that are most shrouded in negativity for, for women um, and yeah, just share what I was able to experience and um, give that as much as I could to other women. The book it can be read by younger women as well because there's a lot in there that, um, you know, to me it's an educational book. So that's how I came to it. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And I think it's great that you've put all of these years of your own personal experiences into a reference, I guess, for people to be able to access it and learn for themselves. So tell us about what you've got in the book because we're coming to the end of the show. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us about what our readers can expect when they purchase a copy. Um, well, we give a little, uh, uh, I guess, um, where, where menopause is at in, at the moment um, in, in women's lives and where we are currently and culturally. We give a little overview of what Tantra is, what um, the teaching is, and also we give an overview of the hormones and what does happen in our body because most of the time we don't know and we don't understand. Um, and then we go into how can we move into making love in a more present way uh, because menopause, asks, it sort of begs the body for more sensitive approach, a more sensitive um, you know, moving from sensation to sensitivity. So we've got all the love keys in there um, and then there's, you know, a lot of explanation about how women's bodies and men's bodies work and also around the emotions because, um, you know, there's a lot that comes up for women at this time, often what's been left behind, you know, or ignored as a younger woman can really rise and to me I feel like it's a very healing time. So we, we cover that and we also cover around pelvic floor stuff and womb, you know, womb stuff and what goes on for us. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a, so I think it's a very holistic um, book, really. It's not just about sex. It's about just being a woman in this period of our time, our, our lives. And, um, yeah, so. So, Janet, if you were to say something to the beautiful women listening to this show, um, what would be your strongest message that you would want women to grasp as they reach perimenopause and menopause? Like what is it, the essence of it that you'd really love them to mm. feel and to hear and to get hold of, not literally, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I really would love women to, to understand that their body is not broken because this is 
a really big thing women feeling like their body's broken that there's something wrong so yeah it's uh, it's not it's changing and and it's an opportunity you know to 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 move in different directions to the way that we have before also i'd like to say the vagina is the ending not the beginning so that do you know what i mean like let's not focus on the vagina take the focus off the vagina and bring the focus back to the upper part of the body our breasts our nipples and um you know when, when we can start to really awaken that part of our body then there's a beautiful resonance that starts to kind of vibrate and, and generate in the vagina um yeah so i think it's also it's important that we we have a bit of fun around this like let's not get too serious <laughs> yeah. i had i had a i've got a beautiful body lotion and i had a lady whose name shall remain nameless but i might name her but anyway she emailed me <laughs> and and said oh my gosh your body lotion is just phenomenal lubricant you guys should call it ky2 oh really because it's it's basically just cold pressed oils whipped like as if you can picture oh. a mayonnaise being whipped so it's just beautiful cold pressed oils with a little bit of lavender which would be incredibly healing and, and beautifully soothing and, and wow. nice for that wall but anyway so i just well, thought i'd I did, like to have some of that <laughs> well, i did recommend her you know that if we did call it ky2 or we came up with something Make that something i don't think people <laughs> would buy it but the fact that it's called the ultimate body cream and it's sitting beside the bed. I always say to people, you know, the ritual of massaging some into your feet because that's my little ritual at night so that when teenagers or people or other people see these beside the bed, it's actually my, my feet um, <laughs> ritual that I'm doing it. If my partner, my husband happens to be burned, of course, then it can become a KY too. But I cannot, I cannot begin to tell you how many people really? buy the Ultimate Body Lotion or Ultimate Body Cream because it's become such a beautiful lubricant for for couples. So I just wanted to oh. say to you that. Having a bit of a laugh around our changing sexuality, yeah. our menopause, our perimenopause, actually being able to laugh at the fact that maybe we didn't get it on as much as we did in the previous days. But I can tell you this, shocking your partner is also a really good fun thing to do. So one night oh, yeah. <laughs> I decided that, you know, Danny was working late and I'd got the the signs that, you know, that obviously I wasn't putting out enough. You know, this body had become, you know, a, a vehicle for children as much as it had become for partners. And so one night I thought, right, I'll, I'll show you. So I laid there naked, lying on the couch and <laughs> waited and waited and waited. Well, that boy walked through the door and I think got such a shock that he basically tripped over himself getting all his hair off getting to me. But it became it's become one of these funny moments that you know what he talks about that all the time. Like it's yeah. not rocket science. You don't have to do yeah. it these them. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the reality is sometimes as I've said to people, if you have a quickie, sometimes oh. you become a longie. And <laughs> and it's just sometimes women are so exhausted, so tired of, of constantly giving out. Yeah. What would be your advice around that? That sometimes just 
putting yourself into that position sometimes makes it, it can become something grander than that. Is that something else that you'd explore from a, a fun kind of interpretation of this whole different transition that we go through? You mean um, doing like what you've done, what, what you do? Oh, you know, like, serving sushi something. on your belly, serving dinner <laughs> on your tummy. Maybe. <laughs> Whatever, I think being body paint, you know, yeah. just like let's bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> look, what whatever floats your boat. I think that you know your own expression is is amazing. So yeah, I'm, I'm open to it all. So yeah, if that's fun, I think it's great. I love that. I love to hear that. And yeah, I, I, well, think I think it's beautiful to honour that that spiritual and that beautiful feminine spirit and that whole thing, which I think you point out so poignantly and so beautifully in this book. And I just want to honour you for bringing a subject to the forefront where so many people, like Cindy said previously, just, you know, it's taboo or it's don't talk about it. It, it can ruin relationships, not opening up the, even the, having the conversation. So I just want to honour you. The book is beautifully written and um, I've really enjoyed reading it and really enjoyed the conversation opener that people are not alone, that um, it is a normal transitional part of life. And I just want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for bringing this to the forefront and making it a beautiful topic, not a taboo subject. Thanks, Kim. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. I agree. So, Janet, tell us how can our listeners get more of you, get their hands on a copy of the book and start to follow you? Yes, yeah, so um, a few different places um, on my website, janetmcgeever.com. So on the shop page, there's the book. In, they're in Australia. Um, I've got books in stock. Uh, and if not, if it's elsewhere, then it's available on Amazon, uh, Tantric Sex and Menopause Practices for Spiritual and Sexual Renewal. So and all the book places. Um, and, yeah, the other website, makingloveretreat.com.au as well. So... Uh, we, we hold that six-day retreat here every six months in Australia. Um, yeah, and then I've got my women's retreats as well, Woman Time Retreat coming up in July, and Facebook, of course. So my Facebook page is Janet McGeever, my business page. Yeah, that's probably the best one. Awesome. Awesome. And just before you finish, Karen, I, I just have yeah. to, um, and I said this to Janet when I met her a couple of months ago, I um, I've seen um, her face and Jean's face in the magazine for years and years and years. Red. Every time I look at them, they've got this. I don't. There's something about you, Janet, that um, it, you're approachable, and mm. both of you. And it's. And I think that that is the most important thing. And if anybody is interested you are very approachable and mm. you have such respect for this whole thing. Um, and yeah, that, that, you know, like I'd seen you for years and all of a sudden you just show up. I've seen you in magazines for years and you mm. just show up at, at Brandon Bay. So it was wonderful mm. to meet. Indeed. Thank you. Same, same to meet you. And I, I just want to just finish up, you know, like Karen with your, your questioning about what do you do in, in that instant? I think, I think probably, you know, each relationship, probably needs some personal attention as well so you know i'm also available for one-on-one -on -one as well so that's that, that's there too Beautiful. yeah so. awesome amazing my darling huh thank you thank you it's a pleasure
Oh, you're so gorgeous and (laughs) your voice is everything. You've just (laughs) totally given us a whole new realm. I think we've been quite well behaved. Yes. Well, Kimmy, you surprised the hell out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Apart from the shameless plug, you've surprised the hell out of me. That's a shameless plug. Oh, Oh, you mean about the lubricant lotion? Yes, Rosie. Yeah, well, I'm I'm getting that one. That's brilliant. I love it. Mm. <laughs> Gorgeous. Well, Janet, thank you so much for being a part of today's show. You've been an absolute delight, and hopefully, we'll get to plug your book and share you with more and more people as times go on. So, for everybody who's listening, make sure that you head on over to Janet's website, grab a copy of that book. If you're even just the slightest bit interested, check out this incredible woman. You are in the safest hands possible when it comes to your relationship and everything that we've spoken about here today on the show. So head on over to Janet's website, check her out, join her on Facebook and grab a copy of that book. For everybody else, please head on over to our Facebook page at all the W's.facebook.com. Well, not for everybody else, but for everybody. Head on over to facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and you can post your comments and your questions right there. Also, you can post your comments and your questions on all the W's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. Now, make sure that you give us a five-star rating on iTunes and start to tell everybody that you know about Up For A Chat. We are so, so excited to bring you fantastic guests each week, amazing hikes each year, and wonderful content to fill your brains and inspire your minds. Join us here next week on Up For A Chat, where you get to become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.